This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Here is your host nurse practitioner, Mimi Secor. Nurse practitioners were first introduced in the 1960s by Dr. Loretta Ford and have been helping to meet the health care needs of our nation and worldwide for over five decades. Currently in the United States, there are an estimated 125,000 nurse practitioners in various specialties, with a majority of nurse practitioners working in primary care and adult medicine. Increasing numbers of nurse practitioners are entering specialty practice, are hospital-based, and going into new specialties such as retail health. With increasing demand for health care services in this country, nurse practitioners are meeting the challenge by providing high-quality, affordable, accessible care in many different settings and specialties. Welcome. I'm nurse practitioner Mimi Secor, your host, and with me today is Dr. Loretta Ford, the founder of the nurse practitioner profession. Today we are discussing the nurse practitioner profession and Dr. Ford's pivotal role in founding and developing this important profession. Hello, Dr. Ford. Welcome to ReachMD. Hi, Mimi. When exactly did you start the first nurse practitioner program and where? Well, the year was 1965 at the University of Colorado Medical Center. Dr. Henry Silver, a pediatrician, and I created the first program for the nurse practitioner. It was a pediatric nurse practitioner. Why did you develop this concept of nurse practitioner? What was the perfect storm of opportunity that you saw, the perfect need? There were many changes going on with a lot of uh, social and political chaos at the time in the 60s. You recall the Vietnam War was on. There was a lot of social upheaval and disagreements. And, of course, the concern for rights of people as well as the rights to health care. But from my point of view, I was a public health nurse, and the needs of the people in the community that we were serving were obviously of great concern to me and particularly in prevention and promotion of health and and that of families and children. So it really emanated from the health care needs of the community. How did you come up with the title, Nurse Practitioner, Dr. Ford? (laughs) Well, first we started with (laughs) Public Health Nurse, Pediatric Nurse Practitioner. Well, you know, in the U.S., you can only have three letters. That's all we can deal with. So we ended up with PNP and uh, dropped off the public health nurse. Of course, that was a really a cardinal error because while uh, I, as a public health nurse, was really concerned with about 65% of my practice was in maternal and child care, I was not a traditional, quote-unquote, pediatric nurse a la the hospital at that time. And so some of my colleagues in uh, pediatric nursing thought I was intruding on their particular territory. And you dealt with a lot of that, didn't you, in terms of the reaction of developing the role in terms yes, of resistance yes. from nursing? We had some very interesting early experiences that I really uh, like to forget. But... Um, <laughs> You know, there's a great deal of concern that because I was working very closely with physicians that medicine was going to take over nursing education and would be controlling nursing. And also there was a great deal of concern as to whether this was nursing or not nursing. Then, of course, whether it was legal and safe and all those kinds of things. But we had some very wonderful supportive physicians early pediatricians who were really leaders in pediatrics and statespersons, 
and nursing leaders as well who who helped us through this difficult time until there was some evidence of the efficacy of the nurse practitioner. Yes. Well, I remember being accused of becoming a junior doctor when I decided to become a nurse practitioner in the mid-70s. You know, a lot of that same discussion was going on in Massachusetts. And, you know, they were encouraging me to avoid the route of becoming an NP and just keep working on my degrees. <laughs> yes, and also that we were going to be physician assistants and we were going to be extensions of the physician. It would be more like being a hamburger helper, actually. <laughs> exactly, and that's where those terms came from. So, Dr. Ford, how did you come up with the actual title nurse practitioner? Well, actually, because uh, graduate education was changing from preparing supervisors, teachers, and administrators at the master's level, it was refocusing nursing interest on the patient care, with direct patient care. So we wanted to be sure that it was a practice role, and the graduate education in nursing, which was moving in that direction for advanced practice, was appropriate, and that's how the word practitioner came. Of course, that was a problem, too, because then people said, well, everybody's a practitioner. Every nurse you know, practices, quote-unquote. There were times when we had many discussions about what was called. As a matter of fact, I've been called the Wicked Witch from the West. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> You're the mother of invention to all of us that know and love you. Uh, certainly, we continue to debate that term, but it seems like a lesser concern than many other issues that are facing our excitingly growing profession. Right. What was the reaction to the nurse practitioner role when you first introduced it some 45 years ago? I thought I was doing just what nurses you know, wanted. They wanted to be known for their work in educating patients and prevention and promotion of health and as well as being autonomous and practitioners of, of the arts and sciences of nursing. And so it was a great surprise to me that nurse educators, some of my colleagues in, in the academic community, were opposed to this and concerned that physicians would be controlling nursing and that we were not collaborators, we were really assistants and, you know, advanced handmaidens and that sort of thing. On the other hand, the students were very enthusiastic. We had a lot of very supportive physicians. We had some nursing leaders who were supportive, but it was a very controversial and contentious issue at the time. Yes, and I certainly was involved in that continued conversation and struggle in Massachusetts and on the East Coast and being educated in the mid-1970s in a certificate program and being told that I was going on to become a junior doctor and by some of the academics in the nursing world. Yeah, one of the outcomes of that was that because the academics didn't claim ownership and introduce it into the university programs, which had been one of our goals, other agencies like the military and the VA, the Veterans Administration, and clinics and organizations took on continuing education model that was not academically created, but took on many of their very talented, top-prized nurses, regardless of their academic background, and uh, taught them to be nurse practitioners. It also was a blessing because these nurses deserve a tremendous amount of credit for maintaining the idea of an expanded role for nurses and awakening their potential. If you're just joining us, you're listening to ReachMD, a channel for medical professionals. 
I'm nurse practitioner Mimi Secor, and I'm speaking today with Dr. Loretta Ford about her role in founding and developing the nurse practitioner profession. So, Dr. Ford, when did you realize that you had created a whole new profession and this was really something very big and important? Well, actually, I never thought how, you know, <laughs> on the bigger picture until this began to be such a popular and important direction because I realized that it was important for, you know, the nurses we were working with, but I didn't realize it was going to be so indigenous all of a sudden, and not only in the U.S., but it began to spread globally. And so it took about, I would say, almost seven years before that. I, as a matter of fact, I realized, too, that just changing the role of one professional is not going to do a great deal unless the systems themselves could be ready for this innovation. Yes, which leads me into that question, Dr. Ford. What had to occur to enable the development of the nurse practitioner profession legally, organizationally? Uh, you know that I've been involved for many years with NPACE, and we've grown a lot of national organizations out of our meetings. You've been a speaker at those conferences for many, many years, helping us develop. But what had to happen legally, state by state, and nationally, organizationally, and even educationally? Well, at first, I didn't really perceive that we needed to change the law. I just declared this was nursing, and we were an autonomous profession, and we had our rights and responsibilities, and I don't want to you know, deny the responsibilities or accountabilities that we had. But obviously, as you know, the role began to change, it began to alter some of the components of that, and there needed to be changes in regulatory state practice acts, there needed to be recognition by organizations, and there needed to be educational changes. Now, because the organizations, the traditional organizations in nursing were very slow and sometimes recalcitrant to recognize the groups of nurse practitioners, they began to develop their own. These organizations that are representing nurse practitioners today grew up out of that reluctance of the traditional organizations to be responsive and recognizing nurse practitioners, as well as some of the legal things that have, have occurred to allow nurse practitioners to practice and be recognized state by state. Right, and that has been a struggle state by state in terms of prescription writing, third-party reimbursement. Yes, uh, it has been a long, slow process, but aren't we covered in all 50 states now with prescription writing and third-party reimbursement? There are a few states yet which are, you know, coming into the fold. And I think, frankly, that health care reform will be the big push to allow for that because it's very obvious that primary care, especially in the future, is not going to be the domain of any one professional group but hopefully a team, but certainly nurses will have to recognize and be recognized for the integrity of their own profession. Yes, and that does bring up the question that sometimes we are criticized in terms of the quality of care we provide, but there is a lot of research supporting that we do provide very high-quality care. Could you just address that briefly, Dr. Ford? Well, there's really no evidence, and all the studies have been done over 45 years of the quality of the nurse practitioner's office is compromised in any way, that it is high quality, it's as 
good, and in some areas, particularly like the education of patients, is better than physicians have been offering. And so there has to be some recognition of this. Now, you know, I'm very empathetic to the primary care physician. Believe me, he or she is underrated, underpaid, overworked, in tremendous debt, and is doing a phenomenal job. But there are too few of them, and the, the distribution is just not possible under this new some of the new influx of patients we're going to be involved in. It seems to me that one of the approaches that we ought to take, both organizationally as well as personally, is really a lot more teamwork and recognizing the integrity of each discipline and also based it on health needs of patients. What are the needs of people and who can best serve them in these areas and how can we provide for transition and transformations that people need. There's plenty of work to go around. Absolutely. That's why that team approach is so important, involving physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians' assistants. You know, individually, we all get along very well. We're on the delivery line. We have some of the best care being delivered in team relationships and even by independent professionals in whatever states allow but it seems to me that there are too many barriers and there are too many interorganizational spats, you know, territorial and concerns for economic resources and that sort of thing. As we sort of wrap up here, is there one last comment that you'd like to make about thinking about the profession into the future, Dr. Ford? Well, I think what we discovered really the most important thing is that there was this enormous hidden potential that had been untapped. Once it's released, it's amazing what it can do for the individual, for the profession, for the country, and most of all, you know, for the people we serve. Very well put, very well put. Is it a, like a form of wind power? <laughs> <laughs> and it's free. Exactly. It's green. (laughs) I can't thank you enough for coming on this program today, Dr. Loretta Ford. It was just an honor and a great pleasure to have you with us for this short time. I'm nurse practitioner Mimi Secor, and you're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Ford, and thank you for listening. Thank you. You've been listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD. You can download this program and any other program in our library at ReachMD.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening.